Welcome to the Apostolic Keynote Podcast from King of Faith Church. This message is by Jonathan Dyke. How many of you know that Jesus wants you and me to live in total victory? Total victory. It's going to be kind of a, a short, uh, inspirational message. I, when I gave my life to Jesus, he, he very quickly showed me that if you haven't got anything to say that's going to inspire, then keep it in your mouth. If you haven't got anything that's going to encourage, then don't say anything. All right? And sometimes it slips out, but I believe you've been wired, and I've been wired to be positive. You are a proton. Not a little car that kind of runs on funny energy, but God has made you a proton. Uh, he's, he's, what, he's, he's charged you positively so that wherever you come, you have a positive effect. You are a proton. That's what physics calls a proton. So whenever there is issues, your positivity comes and challenges issues. Whenever there is negativity, your, your positivity is actually going to stand out a little bit. Wherever there is just guilt or, fe- or fear or shame, your positivity is going to challenge that. And sometimes it feels like we become like that, but actually, no, no. By the grace of God, they become like him. And uh, just going to share just a few thoughts again from the Bible reading thing. Uh, that I'm sure we're all using, but whether we are or not, doesn't matter. But especially for those listening on the, on the, uh, the recording, because loads of people have really kind of been texting me and Facebooking me saying they've just been so encouraged by the keynotes from the last couple of weeks. Well done, Gary. So we're just going to, maybe we might not get a lot out of this, but this message isn't just for us. All right? This is a global, universal, eternal, long-lasting kind of message because it's out of the Bible. It's not out the Beano, it's out the Bible, which means that it is going to stand the test of time. And today, uh, just, I was kind of just praying and thinking, the Lord just took me to the Bible reading in the Old Testament today, one of them in the Old Testament today, which is 1 Samuel 30. Okay, 1 Samuel 30. And tremendous key kind of turning point for David's own life, uh, his family's life, his future's life, his generation to come life. In fact, there's a turning point in this chapter where had David not done what we're going to look at, what he did, we may not be here. Because actually at this point in time, David was, he was growing in his, in his walk with God, he was growing in his influence over the people of God, but then suddenly the enemy came in and tried to spoil it. The enemy tried to come in and spoil it. How did the enemy try and come in and spoil it? Well, maybe in the same way he tries to spoil it in us is that he doesn't just come in some black, scary cloud. He actually comes and influences people that we love. He comes and tries to steal resources from us. He comes to try and tell us that our future is bleak. It's not bright and it's not orange. The enemy tries to come and steal our hopes, steal our faith. That's what the enemy does. That's what the enemy did here. In 1 Samuel 30, just in the first few verses... David had just come back from a a trip and he got back to his base camp and everything that he loved, everything that he cherished, the enemy had taken it. Everything. Family, wives, children, livestock, the lot had gone. And in that moment of time, okay, I know I'm going to say this literally, is that between one verse and another verse, time stood still. Between verse 6, verse 5 and verse 6, time stood still. There was so much concern from the people that they were going to stone David. 
They were going to kill him. It was like, this has got to be your fault. Somebody's got to be responsible. I believe there's a whole society out there where there's a bit of a blame culture. Somebody has to be responsible for what I have or what I have not got. There's a blame culture. It can't be my fault. It's got to be your fault. This is where I believe some of this comes from. It's got to be someone's fault. If, if, it can't be mine. It's got to be yours. Whether you're rich or whether you're poor, whether you're clever or whether you're not, it's got to be your fault because it can't be mine. And it's a blame culture. And this David was coming under it. Let's, let's stone him. Let's kill him off. It's got to be his fault. He's in charge. He's the boss. He's supposed to be the Christian. He's supposed to be the one who knows God. And he's led us up here. Everything's gone. We've lost everything. Gary and I met some people yesterday who were a little bit like that, I would say. They don't really know God, but in their value, they've lost everything. They've been influenced, they're coming under attack of all kinds of things. It's just not very nice. But the world's like that. The world is like that. But thank God for verse 6. Because this is a turning point verse. This is what I believe God wants to inspire us to do and those listening on the message to do. It might appear on face value as if everything physical has gone, it's stopped. Maybe your relationships, they've stopped. Maybe they've come to an end. Maybe they're broken. Maybe they're damaged. Maybe you've just lost touch with people. Maybe you've just lost touch with who you are. Maybe you've lost touch with who you want to be or your aspirations. Maybe they've just been killed off. But what David did is he strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. He didn't phone up relate, he didn't find up the Samaritans, he didn't say, oh, well, can you help me, can you help me? He, he could have done. He didn't ask for his best counsellors, he could have done. He, he's, I'm going to strengthen myself in my God. And I love the scripture where it says, he strengthened himself in his God. Because there is a God out there, and you know and I know, but not everybody does, and that's where our strength can come through. That's where identity can come through. And it says, David strengthened himself. How did he know how to do that? Because a little while earlier, when him and Jonathan were mates, and David was having a tough time, Jonathan said he encouraged David in the Lord. David didn't know how to encourage himself, but Jonathan did. And he picked up stuff. And that's why I love being part of the church like ours. That's why I love being part of the team like ours. Because if somebody is down, if somebody's feeling like everything's missing, everything's gone, there'll always be someone that will help encourage you in the Lord. Not just put their arm around you, not just give you a bunch of flowers, that's all good. But man, our strength comes from our God. Our comfort comes from our comforter. Come on, this is cool. That's why it's great to be part of the body of Christ. That's why it's great to be part of the living reality of this today, which is the church, hopefully. Hopefully it's the church that you're in. Even if it looks like you've lost more than you've gained, there will be somebody there that can help you plug back into the proton. The Holy Spirit. And what did David do? He said first, bring me an ethod. Well, let's not get too much into the Old Testament. What that means is he was dressed to pursue God. He wasn't getting his armour. He wasn't getting his SAS out. He wasn't phoning up Delta Force and saying, can you take these guys out? No, he was put on an ethod and he, had, he positioned himself, I'm going to pursue God. Because that's what you did when you wore the ephod. You pushed into the presence of God. I'm not going to go outwards, I'm going to go upwards first. I'm going to go up, I'm going to pursue God before I pursue anybody. 
I'm going to chase God before I chase after anything. I'm going to re-engage with God before I re-engage with anything. It might look like lost, but I'm going to find the one who saves the lost. Do you understand that? And this, t- this is the turning point here, is he pursued God. He had no friends at that time. His only friend was his God. Everybody else wanted to kill him off. This was the end of David's reign. He was going to get stoned. Now, I know a lot of people have got stoned, but in a different kind of way. But this guy was going to get stoned. But he took his heart, he took his spirit, if I can put it like that. He took his mind and said, I'm ignoring all of this. And I'm going to push through it and pursue my God. And sometimes in our lives, it has to be like that. (laughs) Sometimes we've got to let God arise for enemies to be scattered. Sometimes we've got to push through the pain, because it is true, without pain there isn't much gain. And I'm totally convinced, all right, that the mess that I can be in, if I pursue God, he changes that mess to a message. I'm totally convinced that whatever testing I'm seeing around me, whether it's physical, spiritual, financial, opportunity, I don't care what it is, whatever that test is, if I pursue God, he changes that test into a testimony. So don't don't get bogged down by what the enemy is doing. Pursue God. Put on an ephod. Wash your face off. Shake yourself down. Saying, right, this is not the end. This is the beginning of a new day. This is not how it's going to stay. From today, it changes. And he said he pursued God. And and I just love this. In verse 8, he only asked God two questions. But God gave him three answers. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. Maybe I'm just being too spiritual. God just said, shall I pursue them and will I overtake them? Two questions, right? Is that what it says? And David says, yep, pursue them, you will overtake them and you will succeed in all your plans. Don't you just love that when we go to God, he always does more than we ask or imagine? Don't you just love it that he already knows the answers before we even know the question? Don't you just love that? I just love that. I just love that. I love the fact that nothing catches our God out. He, sometimes stuff happens because he wants to connect with us more. God always does more than we ask and always as we imagine. Then in verse 17, which is a bit late, we'll miss all of the, you know, the, the after 9 o'clock p.m. stuff. But it says that they fought beyond their natural ability all day, next day. You can't do that without supernatural ability. Something supernatural came upon David, through David, onto his people. They thought, and they fought, and they fought, and they took ground, and they took back influence, and they took back property, and they took back relationships, and they took back future, and they took back destiny, until it was all done. They didn't stop until it was done. A bit like Jesus. Jesus didn't stop until it was done. 
It was only when he said, it is finished, that he then bowed his head. Jesus didn't bow his head to sickness. He didn't bow his head to sin. He didn't bow his head to anything. He only bowed his head after it was done. Then he gave up his spirit. Hallelujah. And I just love this because it just reminds me so much of what Christ did for me. And somehow, somehow, or maybe one day we'll ask God, how did you do this? Somehow I think Jesus revealed himself to David in these couple of verses. And he said, don't give up. Don't quit. Fix your eyes on me, the author and the perfecter of faith. And in whatever level of relationship David had with Jesus, he saw Jesus in this verse. And suddenly power came upon him supernatural ability what was the outcome verse 18 they recovered everything that's a lot then in verse 19 nothing was missing across every generation and across every gender (laughs) everything was brought back including resources so what's, what's the point of this? The point of this is, stuff happens out there. And it can appear as if there is a conflict and a shifting of the balance of power. There is not a shifting of the balance of power. There is no conflict between good and evil because Jesus has won. Amen. It's not a battle. You know, sometimes I win, sometimes the enemy wins. No, you're a winner when you wake up. The issue is, are we a winner or are we a whiner? Because sometimes we can start whining, but man, you start pursuing God and you end up from whiner to winner. Because he's made you a winner. He's made people listening to this message a winner. Don't get up today just whining. Oh my goodness, this is enough. No, no, pursue God right now. Push into him. Because he is who he says he is. And supernatural, gracing, the ability to do what we cannot do comes upon us. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is being released in this time. And we can fight and keep fighting beyond our ability, beyond our education, beyond our experience. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is there. The one thing that the enemy tries to steal from you and from me is hope. It is. These people in verse 6, 5 had lost hope. This is the end. You were our hope. We thought you were God's person. And now look at the mess we're in. But the hope that is Jesus never disappoints. It's impossible for Jesus to disappoint. And David, I think, just got this in a fresh way. And in these couple of verses, he put on the clothing. He put on what was acceptable to God. And he pushed into God. Now, I thank God, because I've seen some pictures of the ephod, Thank God that you and I now have the clothes of Christ. Hallelujah. Who wants to walk around with that thing on, right? It's it's okay if you're a bit out there fashion-wise. But I, to be honest, prefer to know that I am now clothed with Christ and so are you. But what it means is, is that David went through a process of prayer and praise. Because that's all they knew. That was their experience. Pray, praise. It was David that had what? 180,000 people in his band, big old band. Praise team was going every day, every night. 
come on, David knew what praise was about. <laughs> and I just want to encourage you, I'm encouraged my, myself here, personal testimony. In the last, what, month now, we're in July, aren't we? It's, by the grace of God, this has been so exciting just to see people just get healed emotionally, physically, all kinds of stuff. It's been week after week after week. It's been cool. It's, such, it's so funny. And yet at the same time, within my own world, sickness is trying to invade, through, particularly through family, which is not unusual. All right? However, my position in this is I'm pursuing God. What the enemy has tried to throw, God is going to throw back. What the enemy has tried to take, God isn't just going to give back that, he's going to give back more than that. Remember, David just asked two things. Should I pursue them and should I overtake them? And God answered and said, yes, pursue them, you will overtake them, and all will succeed with your plan. That's the heart of God. He does more than you ask, and he does more than you imagine, because there's got to be someone out there that people can pursue. <laughs> there's got to be. Your neighbours, people that just see you, they, they want to pursue you. So the question is, who are we pursuing? Let's all stand up, shall we? I Hopefully you got something out of that. I don't know if it's brilliant, but thank you, Jesus. <laughs> But just, just going to kind of speak this out, all right, is that you, you are part of a victorious army. Amen. And we might not carry SA80s or walk around with flat jackets with all kinds of stuff to protect us, but you do have Jesus and you do have the Holy Spirit, which means you are fully equipped with every weapon Amen. which is effective in the war that we're in. You have those things. But also, where we're standing right now, might be a piece of tile, but that tile is called victory. So David just had to be reminded by God, not that he had a battle to fight, but he was going to be victorious. That's why I think God added the last bit. Because whenever we're in battle, whenever we're in conflict, whenever we're in challenge, God looks down and says, don't forget who you are. What you do is what you do, but don't forget who you are. So just close your eyes a minute. Father, I want to thank you. That, Father, you are saying, arise army. That you are building an army of men, of women, of hope, of faith, of destiny. I want to thank you that within our own influence, our homes, our households, you want to encourage us to say nothing was going to be missing, nothing is going to be lacking. What appears to be things being stolen or wrecked or destroyed, I thank you that you are more than enough to restore, replace, and even increase what we had to what we used to have. I thank you that you are for your people. You're not against them. And I thank you that if you are for us, who can stand against us? I thank you, hallelujah, that as we pursue you, we overtake our enemies and we will succeed in everything that you have planned for us. I thank you for a plan of success 
over everyone here, everyone within the church, everyone listening, that you have a plan for them to succeed. That whatever they turn their hands to, you want to bless it. So I thank you for the pulling down of every lie, every intimidation, everything that's trying to steal or rob. We pull those things down and we say, you cannot last because Jesus is our Lord. He is our victory. He is our breakthrough. He is the one who routes our enemies and defeats them. So, Father, we thank you that today is a day of victory. Today is a day when generations are being restored. Purposes are being restored. Health is being restored. Lives are being restored. Hope is being restored. And we thank you for the privilege and the honour of being part of that. Hallelujah. Why don't we just give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, you're so good. You're so kind. You're so faithful. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.